Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the 12th chapter of the Gospel of John. For the last two weeks, we've been talking about Mary of Bethany. And Mary being the one that expresses her love for the Lord in such a magnificent way, that in all three different instances... She is at the feet of Jesus. Remember the time that Jesus came and he was visiting with Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And there we find Jesus there at the table and Mary at his feet. And Martha was complaining why Jesus wasn't asking Mary to come and help help her in the kitchen. But there's Mary. And then, of course, last week we noticed of how when Jesus came and got news that Lazarus had died, and he came back and there to that city, and the Bible says that Mary fell at his feet. The first time She was saying, Lord, I worship you today. She was saying, I need you. And now Jesus comes back again into the household of Mary and Martha after he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And there they are eating around the table. And there is Mary once again at the feet of Jesus And there she's anointing his feet with oil. Such a beautiful, beautiful picture. And she was saying, Lord, I love you with all my heart and with all my soul. Let's look at the story for a few moments. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 9. Would you stand with me as we read these verses of scriptures together? Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of a very costly oil, spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had, a, had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not. Have always. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus 
that you would just give us an insight in the heart of Mary as a demonstration of one loving you like she did. So unselfishly, lavishly. And Lord, that may we have that type of heart as well. May the Spirit of God be upon the preaching of your word. And may the Spirit of God be not only on the preaching, but the hearing and the dwelling of your word. So, Father, we pray now that you might be honored and glorified in what is said and done. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Bishop Berkeley had a little boy. And the little boy was talking to his dad and said, Papa, can you explain to me the words cherubim and seraphim? He thought for a few moments and as the theologian would, he said, well, the Hebrew word for cherubim is knowledge. And seraphim is the word for a flame. In other words, some think that the cherubim is an angel of, that excels in great knowledge. And a seraphim is an angel that excels with great love for God. The little boy thought about that for a few moments and he looked back to his dad and he says, Dad, he says, when I die, I hope I'm a seraphim. He said, because I'd rather love God with all my heart than to have all the knowledge in the world. I thought, man, what a statement coming from the lips of a little boy. That is so true. I'd rather love God than have all the knowledge in the world. Well, that's the type of love that you find in the heart and the life of Mary. Each and every time as we've seen her, we've seen her worshiping the Lord at His feet. We've seen her at one that is in the midst of a need when her brother died. And there she is falling at His feet. Once again, we see her lavishly anointing his feet with oil. And there she is saying, as the best way that she could, Lord, I love you. Heard about a little girl one time came to her mommy, and she had her two dolls in her arms. And she said, Mommy, she said, I love my dolls, but they don't return that love back to me. I sometimes wonder if that's the way the Lord feels. I love my children, but sometimes they don't love me back the way that I would like for them to love me. We should have the love as the song that we sung just a few moments ago, written by A.J. Gordon. My Jesus, I love Thee. I know that Thou art mine. For thee all the follies of sin I resign. 
My gracious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Oh, my friend, listen to me. One of the greatest commandments that Christ has given to us is to love the Lord with all of our heart and with all of our mind and with all of our soul. But could it be said that we just don't love Him like we should love Him? What I'd like to do this morning, I'd like for us to take a few moments and look at the picture of Mary. And seeing her at the feet of Jesus. And just observe of what she was experiencing and what she was trying to say to the Lord Jesus Christ by her actions. See, it's one thing to say that you love Him. It's another thing to demonstrate that you love Him. And so... Let's look at that for a few moments. So there's three things that I want us to see as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning. Number one, I want us to see that we we see a love that was deserved. A love that was deserved. Now, we began to recognize why Mary loved the Lord Jesus simply because He first loved her. He has merited, he has earned that love. And we see that in two different illustrations. Number one, we see it as Jesus had personally revealed his love to Mary. Now, you go back to the study of last week of when Jesus came. And there he came to Bethany. And there Lazarus had died. John chapter 11, verse 32 and following. It says, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now listen to this. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned. Listen to this. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible says Jesus wept. Now, why did Jesus weep? Did Jesus weep because Lazarus had died? No. No, because he knew that he was far more powerful than death. And he proved that in just a few moments. But he groaned in his spirit. He wept with emotions because he saw the emotions and the hurt and the grief and the pain that Mary and Martha had experienced. He was revealing to them how much he loved them. He was sharing with them of how much he cared for them. That when they hurt, he hurt. When they wept, he wept. When they groaned in their spirit, he groaned in his spirit. 
The Lord's emotions was a demonstration. Mary, I love you. First John reminds us in chapter 4, verse 19. We've already quoted that verse. But it says that we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. The reason that you should have a love for the Lord Jesus Christ is because He's already revealed His love to you. He's already demonstrated His love. You say, well, how has He done that? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God had sent His only begotten Son into the world. That we might live through Him. My friend, when you begin to stop and think about that God gave us His very best to prove to us His love. And so when we begin to contemplate that type of love, there begins to build up an emotion. There begins to build up a love that we've never thought we would ever experience. In 1939, there was a British magazine that talked about a story of a young Prince Edward, son of the heir of the British throne. It was during the time of World War I. And he was visiting a hospital. And there there were the wounded soldiers. And there there had been a number of men that had been critically hurt through the terrible war of that day. And so... As he began to go out throughout that hospital, the nurse told him, said, we have 36 men that are injured. And so he begins to make his way through. And he begins to hold their hands and tell them how much he appreciated their sacrifice. But then, as they came to an end of that visit, he happened to notice that there were seven men that were missing. And he spoke to the nurse and he said, I realize that you said there were 39, but I, I, there were seven that I have not met. And she said, oh. She says, the reason you haven't met them is because they're so grotesque in their look. They are so maimed. And we wanted to spare you from being exposed to that type of exposure. He insisted to go on and see them. So he began to make his way out. And he, as he began to realize the great sacrifice that they had given to their country. But then he began to count that there were only 35 men that he had had visited. He said, there's one missing. He says, where is the other man? She says, oh, sir. She said, we don't allow anyone to see him because he's so maimed. 
and so grotesque looking that he's in a place where he'll never ever be retrieved from. And there we're sparing you from seeing this man. But the prince says, I want to see this man. They take him down a lonely, dark hallway into a room. And when the prince looked at him, he literally stood in fear because he had never seen anything like this in all of his life. The man had been so maimed and he was so grotesque of, of that type of, uh, of the way that he had been experienced in the war. About that time, the prince got down on his knees and he kissed him on the cheek and told him, Sir, I want to thank you for your commitment and your dedication of service to our great nation. When I read that story, I thought, there was someone... 2,000 years ago that reached down and kissed a sinner that was far more grotesque than what that man looked like. And that was you and me, my friend. Because sin has maimed us. Sin has, has crippled us. Sin has hurt us. And yet, when Jesus Christ came into this world, He reached down as the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and kissed us on the cheek, revealing to us how much He loves us. How can you not love someone back that loves you in that way? Heard about a man and a woman. They loved each other so well that this man and this woman gave was it was at Christmas time. And there there they had something that very few people could ever express of their love for one another. This one lady this lady had long black hair almost all the way back down to her waistline. It looked like almost like a black robe. Her name was Della. Her husband's name was Paul. Paul had something very special in his life. He had a gold watch. A gold watch that his father had given to him. The day before Christmas, Della thought, I want to give my husband Paul, a gift. She only had a dollar and 87 cents. She didn't know what to do, but then she had learned that she could sell her hair. She cut her hair and she received $20 from her hair that she had cut. Paul had come home from 
work that day. And he opened the door and there she was with short hair. And it was almost of a shocking experience. And then he learned to find out that she had sold her hair because she had given him a gift of a platinum chain that would connect to his watch. She had given all to him. As she was giving that to him, he had given to her a beautiful comb that had beautiful jewels on that comb for her long hair. Little did he realize that she had sold her hair. She had given her all to prove her love for him. He had given his all for his love for her. See, he sold his watch in order to buy that comb. My friend, I want you to understand Jesus' love was personally revealed to Mary. But not only his love was personally revealed, but look with me in John chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Jesus' life had powerfully restored. The Bible says then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him a supper. And Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Can you imagine? I, I, can, I can just see Jesus there in that house there in Bethany. Martha, once again, she's in the kitchen cooking. And she's bringing out fried chicken. She's bringing out mashed potatoes and gravy. She's bringing out banana pudding. It's time to go home and eat, I think. <laughs> but, uh, and there's Jesus sitting at the table. And as he's sitting at the table, guess who's right beside of him? Lazarus. The one that had been dead for four days. And he raised him from the dead. And there he's sitting there beside of him, eating. Jesus had powerfully restored that life. Lazarus. What a beautiful picture of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heard about a company, an airplane company. They ran an ad in a magazine. And this ad says for $2,900, we can uh, make you a pilot to fly a plane. And um, what they thought that if they could create more pilots, they could sell more airplanes. Well, they got all kinds of response back from uh, the uh, audience of that ad but there was one particular uh, one particular person that wrote back that was rather unusual. 
it was a lady. She said, I would like to have one of those pilots. She said, I want him six feet tall, 190 pounds, and brown hair, and two uh, blue eyes. And if he looks good, and he's the right type of person, I've got plenty of other ladies that would like to order one as well. (laughs) Well, of course... That wasn't what they were intending for that ad to go out like that. They cannot make a man, but guess what? Jesus can make a man new, can he not? He can take what is dead and renew that person to make him alive. And that's exactly what he did with Lazarus. Oh, my friend, can you not see of how his love was being deserved. Oh, because of personally the way that the Lord revealed himself to him and powerfully in the way that he had restored life. But there's a second thing I want you to see. I want you to see also, we see a love that was displayed. A love that was displayed. See, it's one thing to say to the Lord, I love you. It's one thing to stand and to sing, I love you. It's another thing to demonstrate it. And that's exactly what we have here. You'll begin to look at Mary's love and you'll notice that it was unlimited The Bible makes it very clear there in chapter 12, verse 3. The Bible says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus. A costly perfume. This particular type of perfume came from India. It came from the leaf of of a plant. Very expensive. In fact, Judas said that it was so expensive it was 300 denarius. That was a year's wages. Lavishly. She takes this oil and she begins to anoint the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was not only saying, Lord, I love you, but she was taking everything that she had and lavishly, unselfishly, giving it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Sort of reminds me about this guy called up his girlfriend and says, I just want you to know how much I love you. Oh, I love you more than I could ever begin to describe. He said, I would climb the highest mountain for you. I would swim in the deepest seas for you. I would go into the wild jungles and kill wild animals for you. And if it don't rain tonight, I'll come over and see you in a little while. That's the way we are with the Lord. Lord, I love you. And yet when the offering plate comes by, we want to tip him. 
We just want to just say, Lord, I love you, but I don't, want to, I don't love you quite this much. Or, Lord, I'll give you one hour of my week to you. My friend, it's a time that we examine ourselves to realize that our action speaks louder than words. And so you'll notice here, here this beautiful, beautiful picture of her love that was so unlimited. A gift that was set apart from any other type of gift that she had to express how much she loved him. But his her love was uninhibited. You say, now, Pastor, why do you say that? Listen to what the Bible says in verse 3. It says, Then Mary took a pound of her very costly oil spikener, anointed the feet of Jesus. Now notice what he says. And wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Not only did she take a very expensive oil, a perfume, and anointed his feet, but she took her hair. And the Bible says that she wiped his feet with her hair. You say, well, what is that? So special. In the days of Jesus, no moral woman would ever unloosen her hair and let it fall. See, in the days of Jesus, when a woman was married, her hair would be bound. And she was to never, ever, ever wear her hair down in public. For those that wore their hair down in public was a sign of immorality. And for her to take her hair down and to wipe his feet, she was said, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm expressing my love to you. Isn't it amazing? We're more concerned about what others think the way that we worship and the way that we express ourselves with the Lord than actually expressing how much we love Him. A lot of times the Lord might encourage you to say a good amen, but you're afraid to say amen because you're afraid the person beside you thinks that you're crazy. we got a bunch of crazies around here, don't we? Amen. There's a time when the Spirit of God might move you to lift up your hands and to open up your palms and say, Lord, I receive the filling of your Spirit and anoint me. But we're so afraid what others might think. During an invitation time, 
When God begins to move in a person's heart and you feel the tug upon your heart and you want to walk down that aisle, but you're afraid what others might think. Not Mary. Not Mary. Mary, she took that hair down. She knew what others might would think, but she didn't care. There she was on her knees, lavishly putting that oil on his feet. And there she takes her hair and she begins to dry his feet. Oh, what love. What love. But she not only was un limited with her love and uninhibited but my friend I also want you to see that her love was undeniable undeniable listen what the Bible says it says and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment not only could they see the ointment of oil but they could smell it. And everybody knew the expense of that oil by their smell. It filled the room, the Bible says. May our love be such a fragrance that it would fill the room. And that people would see and understand how much we love Him and how much we care. But there's a third thing, the last thing I want to bring to your attention. Not only we see a love that was deserved, He deserved every bit of the love that Mary gave to Him. We see a love that was so displayed by the life of Mary. Very uninhibited, unlimited, and certainly undeniable. But also, I want you to see a love that was defended. There always had to be one like a Judas in the crowd. Why? Look what she's doing. Why, we could have taken that oil and that perfume and sold it. We could have gotten a year's worth of wages and given it to the poor. You see the difference between a Mary and a Judas? More concerned about self than they are about the Savior. Now, as I began to look at how Jesus responded, it's so amazing. John chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, you'll notice that her actions were criticized by Judas. Sort of remind me of a story of two buffaloes. They were out on the hillside and a cowboy comes riding up 
on them. He says, you're the two ugliest looking beasts I've ever seen in my life. You got those old brown beady eyes, that got that old ugly looking hump on your back. You stink to high heavens. Why, if I had a gun, I'd shoot you. Then he turned around and rode off into the sunset. One buffalo looked at the other buffalo. He said, I think we've heard a discouraging word, don't you? (laughs) Well, I believe that Mary heard a discouraging word. Have you ever noticed when you try to do something for the Lord, somebody wants to criticize it? We have those critics. Critics that more concerned about the here than they are the hereafter. More concerned about the present than they are of the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, we have to be very careful that we do not look at the temporal and forget the eternal. So many times... People can get so uptight about things that don't mount to a hill of beans and forget about the most important things. Her actions were criticized. But also, I want you to know her actions were commended. Jesus said, Let her alone! I can almost imagine. Uh, I believe Jesus' hair began to start standing on the back of his head. Jesus, let her along. He knew her heart. He knew what Mary was doing was pure. He said, she has kept this for the day of my birth. Jesus was commending her. Jesus was commending the actions of this precious, precious little lady. My friend, I'd rather have Jesus' commemoration and and commendation than all the applause of man. Friend, how much do you really love Him? You're going to have an opportunity next week when you give your offerings to the Lord of Lottie Moon. Because as you give, you're giving to Him. Not giving to me and to the church. That's why we set up our box at the altar. It's significant that as we come and as we are offering our gifts, and I believe it should be sacrificially. I hope as much as you love your children, your grandchildren, and as much as you want to give gifts to express your love to them, I hope 
You won't give more to them than you will give to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all my heart we have an opportunity to express our love in this time of the Christmas season. Telling others about Him. Giving, sharing, and displaying the Christ that lives in us today. I trust that you'll do that in this Christmas season. Lord Jesus, thank you for Mary. Thank you for using her to teach us of what is priority and what is not. Thank you for reminding us that we're to love you. That is the great commandment of all. With all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul. Lord, help us to love you the way that you deserve being loved. Lord, as I'm speaking here today, a lot of times we find ourselves in the midst of circumstances that clouds that love. Help us, dear Lord, in the midst of all that we can say, Oh, Jesus, I love you. With all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my mind. In Jesus' name.